Hi, I'm Greg Murphy and I'm here with Nathan Wallace, neuroscience educator. And in this episode, we're talking about the benefits of technology in transport. Great to see you, Nathan. Kia ora, Greg. Referring to what's happened over the years with uh, the development of so much technology in mm. motor vehicles, which oh, yeah. I see is all to do with trying to fill the voids of humans yeah. making mistakes or doing the wrong things to yeah. try to assist. I mean, it started with, yeah. with ABS, anti-lock braking systems in mm -hmm. cars, you know, to stop the front wheels locking up so people didn't jump on the brakes at the wrong time and skid off the road. And then we've yeah. got traction control and, uh, you know, stability control and blind spot this yeah. and, the, you know, order, you know, um, you know, adaptive cruise control, all this kind of stuff, so we don't have to hit the brakes. And we've got yep. so much tech, and then you know the the stuff that's now available, the amazing technology that's a, that's um, available for to help truck drivers, you know, with their fatigue and distraction management, all that yep. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got all these tools now, but there's still a a misunderstanding or a lack of information or a resistance to yeah. engage with the stuff. You know, and, yeah. and utilize it and, and accept that it's there to support. Yeah. I mean, is, what's up, what's wrong with us, you know, sometimes? Too? Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can understand it from a brain point of view because the prime directive is survival. So the brain, so that means it doesn't really like adapting to new change because the brain's basically got a program running that says whatever you're doing right now isn't killing you, so just keep doing that. <laughs> so you're literally, and when you're faced with let's just do things how I've always done it, or let's just try it this new way. If you choose to do things how you've always done it, you're rewarded with a little burst of endorphins to go, ah, good on you. Don't don't take the risk of doing something new. So we're actually biologically pre-programmed to be a bit resistant to that. The older we are, uh, the the stronger that kicks in, or the more predisposition there is to... Arrogance? Is it, is it, well, it? it's more just about survival. I suppose we yeah. can interpret it as arrogance, yeah. and we get arrogant about, oh, no, I don't need that, and I've been doing it this way for 20 years, and I've been successful, so I don't need it. But it sits on top of that general human resistance to change. I mean, even when you're not consciously resisting. My, you know, my latest car has got, was the first car to have a reverse camera. And I noticed myself, even understanding how the brain works, it was very, very hard for me not to, I had to do both at the same time. So the, the program didn't of, I didn't trust, my body does not trust looking this way and reversing the whole time. Yeah. It took, you know, so I had, knew the camera. I knew technically that is an image of what's behind me. But in another part of my brain didn't believe it and needed to check as well. I'm good now. I've had the experience and I've built up the trust that I can just use the camera. But that's that example of your brain doesn't trust that change. My brain's had a 100% success rate at not backing into things when I look. I think it's 100%. But, um, so it doesn't want to adapt to this new camera one. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just it's, it's generally programmed not to adapt to change. So, and then, like I say, the older we get, the more we're like that. So. It's really interesting though, I mean, we know so much more information and we know that, you know, these things are happening, you know, like people are falling mm. asleep, people are distracted now, we, we know we're doing this stuff and yet, yep. yet we don't, we still don't want to be told or we don't want to be, um, you know, um, corrected yep. by yeah. something that's there to actually help because of our our yeah. lack of, um, yeah. you know, concentration on something like that. We'd That's probably partly a drive to succeed too. I know I'm doing it successfully in the way I'm doing it now, and you want to introduce this new thing that sort of technically tells me is going to be is going to be better. But it, I mean, it's not necessarily better. You know, I mean, you must have the same thing in car racing with, you know, um, is there a resistance to new technology when you? 
I mean, I can't think of an example, but you know, having to wear helmets. I mean, what, what example yeah, have you yeah, had? Yeah. That's going back <laughs> a fair while. But that goes back. Yeah, yeah. Probably What's the more there, recent? There was example? probably a resistance to wear yeah. helmets. Yeah, yeah, originally. Oh, especially when you look at what they were like, you know, 60 years ago, they weren't probably they didn't really do anything. Yeah. I, I, you're right, absolutely, and I, I do, you know, I do recall um, quite vividly. It was I think it was like 2002 or 2003. Yeah. Uh, a new safety device was introduced, um, and it wasn't mandatory at the time, but it's become uh, basically mandatory in every mm-hmm. racing championship now, which was, which was a head and neck support, so a hands device. Very clever piece of tech, um, quite simple carbon fibre sort of uh, um, uh, brace kind of thing that sits over your shoulders, the seat belts come down over the top of it, and then mm. you tether it to your, these posts on your helmet. Okay. And it allows you still to move your head and everything, but it's it's designed to uh, restrict movement in, in mostly in frontal impacts. So okay. oh, when okay. you come to a complete okay. stop, yep. right. it stops your head from coming okay. yep. off or coming down to meet the steering wheel or, yep. or stretching further. And I, I remember, like, I just hated that whole idea of having this this thing that's restricting a little bit of movement. Well, I thought it was. Yeah. And sitting on my shoulders, you know, it's just totally against it. It's like, nah, it's not. I'll be fine. I'll be, you know. Yeah. I remember I'm that used now. to doing it this way. Yeah, and yep. how ridiculous that was but it was just a change it was a change that that um i didn't want to know about but then um holden at the time um holden we were all uh, sort of uh, factory supported drivers and they went here's one of these we are doing this because uh we believe it's a good thing and if you are involved with us in any way shape or form you have to wear it right yeah it was like (laughs) but you know since since then i've never not gotten a race car pretty much i don't think that without wearing one Uh, because it's just part of again that routine and yep. the brain, you know, and you just accept it, and it's and it's part of yeah of of getting in the race car is having this thing on mm. your on your on your neck, sitting on your neck, and strapped strapped down to your shoulders, and you yep. know that it does actually work. So I suppose, in that respect, I mean, other technology that's happened, there's there is depending on which cars and things you drive, definitely there's there's you know just evolutions yep. because of some race cars are more aligned with being. Uh, a road going version and so they've got a, a, a lot of technology in them that, that does actually help and support but you've got to maximize yeah. it too you, you you do use it to to affect mm-hmm. and, and and make you faster and make you better at doing yeah. the job and i you know, and i think there's there's clearly a lot of technology these days in 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 cars trucks you know road vehicles that is misunderstood not not well informed to the user yeah uh, which actually can then become in some ways, a little bit of information can be quite dangerous. So mm-hmm. there's not enough information, not enough training around all that stuff. And then, yep. you know, there is you know the technology obviously that that uh, is is being more widely used around supporting that yep. fatigue and distraction stuff. Which you mm-hmm. know you know, but some people won't accept it, which is which is interesting. Yeah, because when you said that, like, you know, they just made it the rule, Holden just said, you have to wear this. Mm-hmm. In some ways, that can be a blessing because your brain right. that doesn't want to accept change, it has a bit of a grumble about it, but does flick into, well, okay, I've got to do this, and then you quickly adapt to it. Whereas your brain left to its own devices and you're given that choice, it's almost like the older you are, the less likely you are to pick up that choice. Mm. So, but you don't really want a culture where everything's just top down and you're told yeah. what to do all the time. So it's trying to ride the balance between those two. But it's, it is being told what to do. So, and, and, yeah. and a bit of misinformation. Misinformation can spread very quickly yep. about stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and and it's easy for some people to to yeah. actually just not want to know about it. So therefore, they right. they want to spread that information, yeah. the misinformation about it to anybody that will listen. Yeah, I mean, you said about helmets not really doing much for a start. So people are suspicious for a start about where is the actual evidence to show this is helpful. And when we, when we put um, you know cameras into into trucks or or, um, or vehicles, there can be a general mistrust that is that going to be used to spy on me? Is that is that going to be put on the internet? Me picking my nose? You know, I mean, it's going to be used for a purpose that it's not useful so yeah there's a whole lot of mistrust and yeah as I said it's very much about working with the brain but also the culture of the place that you're working with but I think uh, but also now too I mean with 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 a lot of the stuff that we've talked about around you know uh, lifestyles and and the pressures and the stress and mm. all this kind of stuff I mean clearly the, the need for support to um, you know to help us if we are going through that stuff is, is yeah. almost become it's almost become a necessity for safety. Yeah. People often need the why, don't they? Rather than just the how of do this. They need to know why they're doing it to get that buy-in. Yeah. And if they, can, if they do have that knowledge and they know what's happening, there's, they well, know likely. it's actually going to, you know, it could save their life. They can see that clearly. It could save the lives of their friends. They're, then they're much more liable to take it on board. So it can be a blessing to go, you've just got to do it. But it's going to get a whole lot more buy-in if they explain to you why it's working and how it's working. Mm. In New Zealand specifically, you know, there's a there's a real culture around um, driving and continuing to learn and 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 upgrading your your skill sets and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't happen, right? So no. yeah. you're 16 years old, you go get your learner's license, you know, yeah. 17 or whatever, you get your restricted and you yeah. pass that, and then you get your full license and whammo, got the plastic. Got the plastic bloody little license there, yeah. and that's the last last of me having to worry about driving. Yep. I'm now a pro. I've got mm. my full licenses, so yeah. and then we just carry on 10, 15, 20, 30 years down yep. the track. We've, yep. we've done no no updates. Mm. We haven't been plugged in with the USB and upgraded or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, truck drivers have to go through a bit more rigorous sort of training and to get their licenses and their all their different mm. classes and things. Yep. But depending on who, where you go from there and who you work for, will depend on if someone's going, well, can you, you need to go and do this, you need to do that. Mm. And, and it can be, you know, it's one of those things you just put on the back burner all the time. Yep. Um, we, you know, and, it's, and sometimes it can be hard to go and get a, a, you know, find someone to go and give you some practical training bits and pieces. But, yep. but simulation is becoming, you know, quite a big thing. VR, all that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah, that kind yeah. of training. Mm. So does, does that, does... You know, sitting in a sim and, and being put through. I mean, I've done a lot of sim driving, race car yep. stuff, and bits and pieces, okay. and, and it's great training. Like it's become okay. so good. I mean, how, well, that's what I feel anyway. But yep. so if you doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So th that, how would a sim sitting in that virtual world or whatever? Yeah. Is that a, you know, is that a positive is that thing? A good way does to do it work? It? Absolutely, it does. I think it's that thing we talked about before. That what you're seeing in front of you is really a constructed reality. Your frontal cortex that seeing the rest of the world doesn't actually vision and sound and stuff is not connected to your frontal cortex. So that's that thing I said that 93% of what you're seeing mm. is a constructed reality. So that means when you go into VR, when you go into virtual reality, it's very, very easy for your brain to believe. I mean, I remember the first time I went onto a proper one when I'm standing on top of a mountain holding a sword in this virtual reality yeah. game. You know, from a brain and neuroscientist point of view, it was fascinating how quickly my brain adjusted to this is the real, real, real. Because this isn't really real. It's 93% a construction of what we think it's going to be. So you apply the same when you go into a VR. It's just, it's very easy for your brain to adapt and go, yes, I think this is real. So I think simulators are a great idea. They're, they're really close to being in the real experience because 
your brain's so easy to fool. It actually made me think, is the world really real? Because if your brain so readily believes the VR game, then of course it would very readily believe this. So you know that sort of alternative theory that this world's just a computer animation? After doing VR I thought, well there could be something in that because your brain does so quickly adapt to the information that you're given and, and adapt that as real. So I think there's a real role for simulators. They're safer, but your brain sees it as just about as real as actually being out there on the road. Yeah, so being able to recreate um, real situations that have happened mm -hmm. and then, oh, and well, they do it with airplanes, right? I mean, yep, yeah. They, you get you get certified, signed off on a on a sim, yep. on a on a plane. Yes. So, you know, it has to yeah, it has to work. You go and, and reenact right. a, a situation on yeah. a driving simulator. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly the same thing. Your brain is going to 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 believe, understand, yep. um, adapt, bloody yeah. acknowledge, take in all that information. And it can be exactly the same. I mean, it's sensible, really. Do you want to fly in a plane where someone's just learning? No, no, not really. You'd rather they've been in the simulator, done that, you know. If we talk about um, 90 to 100 times in the brain that when you form a new neural pathway that contains information in the brain, you've got to cover it with myelin, and that's through repetition. It's this layer of fat that acts like an insulator. It tends to take about 90 repetitions or 90 layers of myelin before that is consolidated in the brain. You know, so we talked about well, when you're repeating to, the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. So you know, when you first learned to tie your shoelaces, that's a motor skill. You had to really focus on make a bunny's ear into that one. You had to really focus. After you've done that 90 times, it now moves back into that brain number two and becomes an automatic. So you can probably tie your shoelaces and talk to me at the same time because now an automatic behaviour. To be safe, you want to get it, you know, to that stage where you've done it so many times, it becomes brings in brain number two. So a simulator is the perfect way to do that really. It gives you the 90 opportunities to practice that so it's really consolidated in the brain.